Miles Michaelis leads the way in a series split against the Reds. And what to do about Steven Matz after another ugly outing? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Now let's start today's show with some good news. All right, let's go positive first, and that's that the Cardinals, despite giving the day off to Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Wilson Contreras, were able to earn a series split against the Cincinnati Reds with a 2-1 to victory. Miles Michaelis, fantastic today. He throws seven shutout innings, and the Cardinals escape with the series split. We'll have more on that game a little bit later on in the show. Now let's talk about one of the biggest concerns on this team right now, and his name is Steven Matz. Steven Matz has been a horrible signing. He has. I, I can point out games. I could do this. I could point out games that he's pitched good enough to win. But those games are few and far between. Steven Matz, pitching every fifth day, has become a problem. It's become a problem for this team, and something needs to be done. Either he needs to get better right now, or maybe it's time to switch up his role on this team. The Cardinals are in the back half of this grueling 19 games in 19-day stretch. So I'm guessing that nothing is going to happen until this is completed. And I understand that. I really do. But at what point do you just throw your hands up and go, ah, we got to try something different. We got to try something different because it's not working. I realize that this team has invested in Steven Matz. Four years, $44 million. But at some point, winning needs to take precedence over the front office's bad spending choices. There's a time where you just have to switch it up, no matter what you spent on the guy. Personally, I'm not ready to give up on Steven Matz. That's not what I'm getting at here. I'm not saying give up on him. I'm not saying DFA him. I'm not saying anything like that. that, that that's crazy. But I think for now, I've seen enough of him as a starter to say that maybe, maybe he shouldn't be the first guy on the mound right now. Maybe he shouldn't be starting games until he figures things out. Matthew Libertor looked really, really good in his first start. Relief appearance thing, whatever. He's a starter. But in his first start with the club this year, he looked good. He's going to get his second start in Cleveland on Friday night. If he continues to give you a better chance to win, don't you owe it to your team to put him in there? In the two years that Steven Matz has been a St. Louis Cardinal, he has appeared in 25 games, 20 of them as a starter. He has a combined record of 5-9. and nine. His ERA is at 
His whip is 1.505. His hits per nine is 10.8. And to not be entirely negative on Steven Matz, he does have a strikeouts per nine with the Cardinals at uh, 9.1, which is very good. It is. Now let's focus on what's going on this season because who cares what he did last year? Let's He needs to be doing things now. What is he doing now? What have you done for me lately? <laughs> Where Steven Matz has appeared in 10 games, all as a starter. He is 0-6 with an ERA of 5.72. His whip is at 1.748, and his hits per nine, 12.2. I was looking up um, earlier who's given up the most hits in baseball as a starting pitcher. The answer is Miles Michaelis, because if you remember the beginning of the year, you had a really rough go. Steven Matz was just a couple of spots down below him, and he has done that in like 20 less innings. Like Steven Matz... It's crazy how many hits he's given up so far compared to his innings. I mean, 12.2. That's wild, man. That is a lot of base hits. The Cardinals are 2-8 and eight in the games that Matz has started this season. He has not registered a quality start yet this year. In fact, he hasn't pitched six complete innings in a game yet. In his latest outing, he got dinged up for six runs on 11 hits in just four innings. He walked two, only struck out two. And this was really a bummer because it was a step back from the progress that he had showed in his previous three outings. He did that against the Tigers, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers, where he was much better. We thought maybe we had turned a corner with Steven Matz. And the Cardinals won two of those games, <laughs> which is even more important. And... Uh, the game in Cincinnati happens on Wednesday and you're just like, what, what is going on here? What, what gives, is there something more to this? Is it just a bad outing or is something else going on here? It's not an injury. We know that there's nothing wrong with him physically. Some believe that uh, one of the problems might've been at least on Wednesday was that Matt's was tipping his pitches. Uh, I believe Ricky Horton said it on the play-by-play on the uh, radio side that he might've been tipping pitches, which would have helped lead to those ugly numbers that we saw on Wednesday night. Derek Gould at stltoday.com wrote a piece after last night's game saying there was some sense that he may have been tipping his pitches to the Reds. It's also possible that he was telegraphing the location of pitches, unable to wedge his fastball inside on batters. They could count on it being over the plate or out of the zone. When his changeup faded wide, they could reach it or ignore it. Every swing at a changeup out of the zone made contact. He went on to say that Matt said he'd be reviewing Wednesday's four innings for hints of why the changeup is misbehaving or what he was doing that gravitated his pitches toward the middle of the strike zone and high up in it. He and the coaches will scour for any clues that he's tipping pitches and he'll have at least an extra day to do all of that. Now, again, I'm saying this as a fan and as somebody who wants this team to win very, very bad. Um, I'm not a, I'm not trying to get rid of Steven Matz. I'm just trying to figure out where he can do the least amount of harm. But at the same time, where's another spot he can go to be more productive? 
I'm not opposed to moving him to the bullpen. I know some people have said, well, let's fake an injury, get him out of there for a while. I mean, whatever. But I'm not opposed to moving him to the bullpen for a bit. He wasn't bad as a reliever last year when he was coming back from that knee injury. And the Cardinals, if you go look down at that bullpen, not a lot of left-handers down there, is there? Hennessy Cabrera is all you got. And he's had his own issues recently. Um, so unless you're counting Libertor, Cabrera's the only one down there. And another thing about Libertor, and I'm glad he's going to get the start on uh, Friday in Cleveland, but can we stop screwing around with him? I, bringing him in as relief pitcher, I, I hate that. I hate that. What are you doing? I, I'm begging you to not toy with this guy. He's not a relief pitcher. Don't do that. Have we not learned what you just did with Zach Thompson? Moved him to a relief role where he was very, very good. Has a couple bad outings. Poof. Down to Memphis. Going to make him a starter now. And then you're going to bring up a starter to make him a reliever? Like, that doesn't make any sense. What, what, what is that? Don't do that. And what if Libby looks good on Friday night? I'm hoping he does. How do you send him back down? It's something they're going to have to decide on if and when the time comes. So, personally, I'm ready to move Mats on to the bullpen just until he gets right, if that ever happens. Especially if Matthew Libertor looks good tomorrow. Now, today's game was a rare pitcher's duel at Great American Ballpark, which I'm loving all the new nicknames that it's getting. Great American Small Park, stuff like that. I think it's funny. Uh, we're going to talk about that game next on Locked on Cardinals. Summer is almost here, which means more outdoor activities like golf, barbecues, swim parties, ball games, trips to the amusement parks, picnics, birthday parties, all kinds of stuff, right? You're doing lunches out on the patios. You're doing dinners out on the patios at restaurants and stuff. And you want a pair of shorts or pants that, that has the fit, the comfort, the versatility to handle all these different occasions. And that's why you guys need to try bird dogs. I, I mentioned I played 18 holes in my bird dogs the other day. Uh, wore the new bird dogs to the game today in Cincinnati. Super comfy. Uh, I've got the shorts that have the lining on the inside and it's not like a swimsuit lining where it's all thin and weird. It's a nice lining. It's a very comfortable lining and it keeps um, your lower portions nice and cool. And uh, even on a warm day at the ballpark, I was in the sun the entire game today and uh, never got sweaty, never got sweaty. That's a plus. I'm also a big fan of the stretchy fabric that moves with you and doesn't bunch up or constrict your movements in any ways. And they look great. They give you the, the feel of gym shorts, but not the look of gym shorts, which, you know, let's be honest, those look shabby. You're not going to wear those out to somewhere nice, are you? Bird Dogs, you can do it. Try them for yourself today by going to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. And when you enter the promo code LockedOnMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs, a Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So a free gift for you. Once again, birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Give them a try today. The Cardinals are on the road to face the Guardians tomorrow night, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Again, thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Um, for those of you who have been listening since the beginning, we know that the starting pitching has been less than stellar. We have talked about this over and over and over again, and it's going to stay like this for the whole year because 
there's nothing about these guys that is all of a sudden they're going to go on a run where they're just amazing aces. But you've got some decent pitchers in the bowl, in the, not in the bullpen, but in the rotation that they can be good. Jack Flaherty's had moments where he's been very, very good. Miles Michaelis, we know, has moments where he can be very, very good. And Miles was one of those guys that had a very tough start to the season, a lot like the rest of the Cardinals' entire roster. <laughs> like, nobody was really doing all that well, except maybe Nolan Gorman. That was about it. But um, and, and Goldie. Goldie had a good start, too. But Michaelis had a very rough start to the season. First three outings, he gives up five runs, five runs again in the second game, six earned runs in the third game. So 16, because I'm good at math. Did that in my head. Uh, over just 14 and a third innings pitch, which gave him an ERA over 10. He was at 10.05 after his third start. We're all going, oh my gosh, what have we signed up for? Because we just gave Miles Michaelis an extension in spring training. But I think a lot of us, I know I was one of them that said, he'll get right. He's better than this. We know he's better than this. There was a lot of weak contact and stuff like that going on. And things were just kind of falling against him. But since that third game, Miles has been the reliable guy that we've known for most of his time in a Cardinals uniform. He's healthy, and on Thursday, he had the task of taming a Reds offense who had just shelled the club the nights before. Steven Matz and the rest of the club shelled the night before. And uh, the team was trying to, to get a series split today, and they were going to do it without having Goldie, Arenado, or Contreras in the lineup. They got what I'm just going to call it a veteran rest day, <laughs> like they call it in the National Football League. You know, you get a in practice, you get a veteran rest day where you don't have to practice. Eh, veteran rest day today for those guys uh, to get them off their feet. No day game, grueling stretch of games in a row. So, um, and it was up to Miles to to go out there and give them enough to see if they could pull off the win. And he delivered in a big way, huge way. He throws seven shutout innings today at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Didn't walk a single batter. He strikes out five. He allows just five hits. And for most of the game, unfortunately, former Cardinal pitcher Luke Weaver matched those efforts for Michaelis. Weaver threw six and a third shutout innings, allowed just three hits, and he struck out six. Now, granted, Weaver was going up against uh, not the main starters for the Cardinals normally. The Reds did not rest anybody. They put everybody back out there once again today because – the Reds need these wins. That this when they play the Cardinals, it's like their World Series. It really is. You just see how the fans react to stuff. And they wanted to take it to the Cardinals. They wanted to take three or four, show them up, especially after kind of beating their brains in the night before. And um, Michaelis, Michaelis locked it down today. He looked outstanding, strike after strike after strike. In fact, uh, I was sitting there with my mom and was talking about like. The first six innings of this game, because Michaelis and Weaver were both on so much, it went by in like an hour and 15 minutes. And then the final two and a half inning, three innings ended up taking like an hour and a half to, to get through that. And that's when the Cardinals finally broke through in the eighth inning was in the, the back end of this game. Uh, Michaelis had already been out at the time when a harmless two-out single by Newport. Newport got things rolling. Uh, he went to second on a wild pitch, and then Nolan Gorman laced the double into the right field corner to extend his hitting streak to 15 and give the cards the uh, lead. And um, I even, you know, again, I was with my mom at the ballpark today, and I, I, I told I was like, I would have walked Gorman. I'd be walking him right now to face Donovan. I don't want to face Nolan Gorman. And this was right before Gorman hit the double. 
I mean, the guy has just been so clutch this year. I'm just, I wouldn't be taking my chances with him. I wouldn't have messed with him, but I'm glad the Reds did. <laughs> I'm sure glad they did. Uh, they then intentionally walked Donovan to get to the righty-righty matchup against Paul DeYoung. During that at bat, Gorman ends up swiping third base, takes advantage of uh, the pitcher not paying attention. DeYoung then walks. And then during the at-bat against Alec Burleson, Reds pitcher Lucas Sims throws a second wild pitch in the inning, and Gorman races home to give the Cardinals a 2 to nothing lead. Uh, the Reds would end up getting a, a run in the bottom of the ninth against Gallegos, but eventually he shuts the door. They get the 2-1 to victory, kind of a escaping Cincinnati with a series split. And give credit to Michaelis and the team with the, uh, the B squad, if you will, uh, starting today. The Cardinals were able to scrape out a victory to earn that series split in Cincinnati. It wasn't easy. And it felt like the Reds were going to take three or four, but uh, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Michaelis gets his third win of the year. And um, according to Rob Raines at stlsportspage.com, that win was only the fourth in 18 games this season for the Cardinals when they did not hit at least one home run. There were there were no fireworks at the ballpark today. There was hardly any hitting, to be honest. Uh, the Cardinals had been 0-11 in games in which they had scored two or fewer runs. And I saw that the fans were upset about the lineup that was posted, but I just, you have to understand, and you may not be one of those people that was upset about seeing all three of those guys sitting out, but you have to understand that these players are not robots. They're not robots. They're human beings. They, they get sore. They get tired. They need rest. Just like all of us, 19 games in 19 days is bonkers. That is bonkers. Why that's the schedule right now, I have no idea. I don't know how MLB comes up with all these ideas. And they're going to get two days off uh, at the end of this, back-to-back, -back, consecutive days off. Why there wasn't one in the middle, I don't know. I have no answer there. But Goldschmidt had only one previous day off this season on April 17th, like complete day off where he wasn't DHing or playing first. Arenado's last day off was on May the 8th, his first since April 24th. Contreras, Last had a day off on April 27th and also had been limited to just one hit over his last six games. And you could see it on Wednesday night, man. Their swings were slow. They're not running hard. They're sluggish. Their legs got to feel like a million pounds. They're tired. They needed a day off. And I never even saw them at the ballpark today. Like I didn't see any of those three leaving up on the railing during the game. Now I might've missed them. They might've been there, but they needed a break. and. Also remember, we're talking about guys who are ages 35, 32, and 31. We're not talking about dudes who are in their mid-20s anymore. It takes them a little while to bounce back from any of the fatigue that's going on. They need days off and not just DH games, like complete days off from time to time to not only get right physically, but also the mental side of it all that wears them down as well. The idea is to balance it so you don't have all three of them sitting at the same time. But high five to the rest of the team, man, who stepped up, got the win, and did it without those big three. Uh, we're going to talk about the injury updates on Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. We'll do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. Let's talk about rocket money. Do you realize how much your subscriptions really cost? The ones that you've signed up for over the last couple of years, the ones you don't remember paying for, because most Americans think they spend about $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending, 
You need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. And it does it all in one place. Uh, over 80% of people have those subscriptions that they completely forgot about. Chances are you're one of them. I know it happened to me a couple of times. You get Rocket Money. They find the ones that you don't want anymore. And all you got to do is hit the cancel button. That's all you got to do. Hit the cancel button. Rocket Money will take care of it for you. It's very, very simple. It also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so that you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. You know, they're kind of they're kind of like your, your banking account's bodyguard. All right. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. The Cardinals travel to Cleveland to face the Guardians this weekend, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, we've seen a lot of Oscar Mercado recently. And to his credit, he's done an admirable job outside of the goofy home run on Wednesday night where he jumped and it hit off his glove and went over the wall. Should have just been an out, but it happened. Wednesday night was a weird night. Um, we've also seen more of Juan Yepes and Alec Burleson in the outfield. And I know people don't like that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what if Alec Burleson gets the out or not. He just doesn't look great doing it, does he? He's just not a graceful guy. That's just how it's going to be. Um, you know who he reminds me of? And I know Lance Berkman was a much better hitter and player, but that's what he reminds me of. Lance Berkman never looked smooth doing anything. He always looked a little bit awkward, didn't he? And yet he got the job done. And that's what I'm hoping Alec Burleson will do because he didn't look great at first base today. He always looks a little awkward in the outfield. Um, you know, Juan Yepes has had his issues. Um but we've also seen Tommy Edmond playing a lot of right field recently, which I don't like. Uh, Brendan Donovan's been out there. I like Donovan out there. I like Donovan anywhere. He's He's been an invaluable piece to this team. Like, he can go anywhere. Um, I think most of us would agree that instead of all of these guys in the outfield, we'd rather see Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. And um, although I should give credit to Yepes. He did make a very nice catch in left field today uh, coming forward charging and diving for the ball. It was a nice play. I, you know, props to Juan Yepes. Carlson seems to be on track to return soon. It's not inevitable, but it's coming up. Reports already took BP from the right side of the plate on Wednesday, but Ali told MLB.com's John Denton that Carlson is still a few days away from being able to hit from the left side. He was eligible to come off the DL on Thursday, but that clearly didn't happen, but it's coming. I, I, I doubt it would happen this weekend, uh, in Cleveland, I would imagine it'd be when they're home. They got the Royals back home after the, the Guardian series. So that seems like a good target time for him to return. The concerning injury is what's going on with Tyler O'Neill. Denton reported that he took light swings off a tee on Wednesday as he works to restart baseball activities. He's been on the IL since May 5th with persistent back pain and has been shut down twice now because of it, which is preventing him from swinging a bat running or fielding his position. Marmol said the injury is still categorized as a strain. There is no structural damage with O'Neill's back. I mean, that's great, but what, 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 How, 
I'm I'm as frustrated as you guys are, and I'm sure so is Tyler. Last year, legs were the problem. He had a shoulder issue. This year, now it's his back, which controls everything. And I've been as big a Tyler O'Neill believer and backer and homer since he came up with the team. After they traded for him, they got him, he comes up, and I'm just, because he's got all these tools, and you've seen it be so good when it comes together. But if you can't stay on the field, what good are you? And this year, he wasn't producing when he was on the field. At least last year when he was playing, he was still producing. This year, it's been nothing really. The future of Tyler O'Neill and this organization, it's very murky right now. Uh, he is arbitration eligible again next year before becoming an unrestricted free agent. Uh, many fans want to trade him for pitching. But my question to you with that is, why would anybody else want him? Why would you trade for somebody who can't stay on the field to play? Like, I mean, what are you going to get for him? Nobody's going to give up a solid starter in return for Tyler O'Neill unless they're dumping a whole lot of salary. And does that sound like something the Cardinals are willing to do? I don't think so. He's gonna, they're going to have to wait till he comes back, and hopefully he's healthy soon. We'll see. We'll see. But it's clearly it's not going to be any anytime soon. Uh, everydayers, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Tomorrow we're going to run down the good, the bad, and the ugly of this series against Cincinnati. And uh, we're also going to preview what's in store for the team this weekend in Cleveland. Another interleague matchup against the Guardians in uh, Northern Ohio. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast against the Guardians beginning tomorrow night with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Uh, a big thank you to uh, all of the Locked on Cardinals fans who were out at Great American Ballpark this week and uh, took the time to come over and say hi if they spotted me. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. It was good to meet a lot of you guys. And uh, it's good to see that the Cardinals fans are traveling because nobody there was like, hey, I live in Cincinnati and came over. No, nobody. It was all people from all different, from Indiana, from Columbus, just people from all over the place coming to, to watch the Redbirds take on Cincinnati, and uh, I thought it was cool. So I appreciate all of you guys for stopping over and saying hi to me. Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you help our channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.